what we're provided is a number of funds that provide the, the minimum, the basic requirements to keep us safe from an NFPA standpoint and a OSHA standpoint. What we're looking at is uh, taking it to the next level technology-wise and also in personal protection. Los Angeles, this is Code 3, the Firefighters Podcast, hosted by award-winning journalist Scott Orr. Code 3 features interviews with leading members of the fire service, discussing firefighting strategy, tactics, and other topics you need to know more about. Now, here's Scott. That's right, and I will not let Parkinson stop me. Thank you for joining me again for another edition of Code 3. This is the show that gives firefighters the information they need in about 20 minutes. Let's get started. This time I'm doing something a little different. It's been a tough fire season here in Southern California and it's not over yet. I'm helping out my friends up the road at the Los Angeles Fire Department. They're doing a fundraiser selling LAFD Strong t-shirts to buy more and better equipment. So if you're in SoCal, listen up. If not, you are of course welcome to listen too, as I talk with Assistant Chief Wade White, who oversees the LAFD's Supply and Maintenance Division. Here's my interview with Chief White. All right, Chief, let's start with the obvious. Doesn't the city budget the money for this sort of stuff? Yes, they budget the money. What we're provided is uh, a number of funds that provide the the minimum, the basic requirements to keep us safe uh, from an NFPA standpoint and OSHA standpoint. So the funds that we get from the city are are adequate. What we're looking at is... uh, taking it to the next level technology-wise and also in personal protection. Why should people who don't live in the city be worried about the LA City Fire Department's budget? Well, we have uh, mutual aid and automatic aid agreements with uh, surrounding uh, cities and jurisdictions, and other cities will come in and help us when when we're uh, at a, a drawdown point, and then we will also go out and and help them out when their resources are depleted within the city based on the number of uh, fires they have going on or complex incidents that are that are taking place. Now, how would you assess your level of readiness with in terms of equipment as, as compared to other area fire departments? Oh, I feel we're uh, very well equipped. And what we're trying to do with uh, going to uh, uh, different gear is, uh, for example, with our glove system. Um, instead of having one glove, what we'll do is have three gloves. My hands are different than your hands. And to have a set of gloves that fits me, dexterity-wise and also comfort-wise, is important. Those are, those are the hands that we're using out there to manipulate our radios, um, our uh, monitoring devices, our breathing apparatus, so I think gloves are important, and having a three-glove system is important. Well, gloves, for example, now, 
These are not work gloves that you guys would buy at a Walmart or a Target. They're specialized gloves. No, they're they're specialized gloves. They're certified by NFPA 1971 to be built uh, to a certain standard to um, resist uh, the heat. They have the thermal thermal protection uh, uh, rating and then also heat release, so that when we're wearing these gloves we're able to evacuate the heat from our hands also. And then we, it's a three layer system. So you have a protective outer layer, you have a moisture barrier, and then you have a thermal liner that's on the inside. And all that adds up, so what's the cost for an example of one of these pairs of gloves? Typical cost is uh, between 70 to $100. Now, is that what you guys are using now or are you using we're using a glove similar to this. And like I said, we're in a one glove system right now. And we'd like to go to the three glove and provide very similar to what we do with our boots. My feet are different than your feet. And I want to provide you with boots that uh, fit your feet. We're doing the same thing with the gloves. So most people think of the Los Angeles City Fire Department as being a structure firefighting outfit. But you guys actually do a fair deal of wildland urban interface firefighting. Yes. Tell me about that. Yes, we, we border uh, a lot of other agencies, Ventura County, Angeles Forest, the uh, LA County Fire Department, Glendale, Pasadena. And these agencies, uh, just like us, have a lot of terrain or area within their city that um, is that wild wildland urban inter interface where you have structures intermixed with uh, sometimes very heavy brush, and we rely on the the uh, folks out there in the city to make sure they do their brush clearance. But what we we rely on the other cities in addition to uh, them relying on us to come into the areas and help them with these wildland incidents. Other than the gloves and the drone. You guys are looking at a fair amount of wildland equipment, I mean chainsaws, you know, things that you wouldn't use for structural firefighting. That's correct. A uh, typical chainsaw would be one that we'd use on a roof operation. It has a bar that's uh, roughly 20, 16 to 20 inches long. And when you get into the wildland, we're dealing with timber in some areas or, or uh, trees that, that could be two to four feet in diameter. And having a saw that is able to uh, cut through that once those trees have fallen or if they're ready to fall, you've heard the term widow maker where you've got a, a tree that's been burned out from the inside. Uh, we've had firefighters killed in the past uh, on a national level and we don't, we don't want to face that again. So having that equipment, the right equipment to do the job is important. Now, drones are a pricey item. A lot of people are probably going to say that that's an option. Is that optional for you guys or has that become a necessity? Drones have uh, become uh, almost a necessity. And it, it's, a, it's a cost saving measure. Uh, I, the Portola fire, which was up in the uh, Santa Monica's a couple years ago, rather than flying an $18 million helicopter to do surveillance 
uh, on that fire uh, while we were uh, mopping up hot spots. We were able to take the drone. We took the helicopters, the $18 million helicopter off the fire and brought in a $5,000 drone and allowed them to do the uh, surveying of the area with thermal imaging and finding where the hot, hot spots were. So we're able to take that high dollar machine um, and, and park it until we're able to identify areas that we can bring in the equipment with the uh, uh, based on what we see with the drone. And I've got to imagine that the drone has a lot lower cost per hour to operate. We're on a, we're on a time clock with our helicopters and uh, 100 hour, 200 hour, that time clock ticks. And once we hit that, that uh, threshold, we've got to take the, the aircraft out of service and run it through its FAA certification to get back into the air again. And what we're looking at is a tiered approach as far as the, uh, the, the drone deployment. Uh, the one, we're looking at an actively tethered drone right now, the one that um, Photokite through Pierce is uh, manufacturing. And what'll happen is the incident commander will be able to pull up on scene. This photokite will be on top of the command vehicle. The incident commander, when he or she pulls up on scene, can push the button, goes up 150 feet max in the air, and then the incident commander gets that situational awareness 360 degrees of that incident that they're on and no license is required. It can be operated by the responder. So really your cost per hour to operate drops from thousands into essentially nothing. Correct. Correct. And you your get- operator is, what, an officer? Correct. Yeah, so. Right, and, and any firefighter, uh, driver, apparatus operator, engineer, will be trained to operate this piece of equipment when it shows up on scene. And like I said, it will provide us with immediate situational awareness. People donating to the foundation are receiving t-shirts. LAFD Strong. They can go on the uh, LAFD Foundation uh, website, support LAFD, and uh, be able to uh, do the donations. Have those been popular? They've been very popular. Yeah, we've seen them all over the department. We've seen some of the uh, celebrities wearing them. Yeah, they've, they've become pretty popular. It's a good looking shirt. Now, I've also heard about adopting a fire station. What does that mean? So we have 106 fire stations out there. And we're very close to the community. The community comes in and, and visits our fire stations. And the relationships develop between the, the homeowners, the constituents, and the, the firefighters at the station. And every once in a while, that when they're coming in and visiting, they'll they'll see that we might need a, you know, a, a particular item, a creature comfort, because that's our home away from home. I spend uh, a lot of times half my life at the firehouse, and then my other half at my regular home. So we we live there. We're, we're there 24 hours a day, and and sometimes there's creature comforts, exercise equipment, uh, just uh, uh, stuff that makes it. Um, nice at the fire station is always uh, welcome. Be a little bit more specific about creature comfort. Talking about coffee pots. Sure, we we uh, we contribute to a house dues account. So when we come to work, all of us put roughly fifteen to twenty dollars out of our pocket to um, uh, pay for our meals, our our lunch, our dinner, 
uh, toast and peanut butter and jelly at the for breakfast and and we're paying for the TVs and the chairs that are at the firehouse the city uh, the fire department provides us with the 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 uh, table in the kitchen the stoves and such such but you know taking a look at uh, your home and do you like the exercise do you like to you know maybe have something that's uh, um, something something that you can blow off steam uh, in in between the calls and that's that's what's what's nice with the adopt the fire station program so there you have it i think this certainly beats fill the boot campaigns if you'd like to contribute and get a t-shirt, go to the LAFD Foundation's website at supportlafd.org. All the info you need is right there. That's supportlafd.org. All right, that's it. That's all for this special edition of Code 3. Thank you for listening. I'll be back next week with more. I hope you'll join me. I'm Scott Orr, and until then, stay safe. To contact us, get more information on today's show, or to subscribe to the podcast, go to Code3Podcast.com.